And that was the last time I put That is a fantastic it. mug, Ian. Wow. Uh, isn't it? It's lovely. Erica, I, you know. Erica, flipped her, <laughs> Erica flipped out when she saw it. She's like, are we selling this in the store? I'm like, no, this is special <laughs> no, for no, very special. special people. Oh, you guys are... Yeah. Can we, we should put that on the... You have to um, do something very special to get it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a special mug. All right. All right. It's cool. Because cool. somebody didn't ask John's permission before making it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, people probably told you, Ian. They're like, just send him an email. He approves everything. Yeah. Like, he just, you know, just approved, approved, approved. Well, did you guys all hear about Jason accidentally buying four hundred hoodies? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Which one? Wait, wait. How do you accidentally buy four hundred hoodies first? And so second of all, com- <laughs> so he's communicating back and forth with the hoodie people, and the hoodie people like set everything up. This is it. This is the template. This is what it is. And uh, he, he responded back to them like, sounds good. And they went and started purchasing. They started purchasing the hoodies and then printing the hoodies. And they're like, okay, they're ready to ship now. And he's like, I never saw like an invoice or anything. He just said, sure. And they're like 400 bang, they'll be here tomorrow. Oh. So he showed up and he's like, I'm really sorry. I just accidentally, but I have a fear in my head that it's just a test. He's going to say that. He's like, I wonder how far I can push John um, in buying is, things. He's trying to learn the whole buy. ask for forgiveness thing. That's like Maybe. a dangerous skill. So are these new exclusive? He's, he's trying to get me to authorize buying $5,000 of furry costumes. For <laughs> there. So he's communicating with the furry community through back channels about getting. I feel like now they're not very back channels. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. Is becoming bright more. And I'm like, you can go buy like, wait for Halloween and go to the store and buy like one of those plastic ones that almost kills you. It'll work just fine. Are these unreleased hoodies? No, 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 no these, are the, these are the Rekha hoodies. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was like special unreleased ones. No, no, no these no, are no, these are from the strategic people, hoodie stockpile. I mix those stories and people are like. He's ordering 400 furry hoodies. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security, talking about news where we have the crooked finger and the crooked toe that bring the best information security news possible to you in your YouTube feed, but only if you click like and subscribe, which I think makes that happen. I don't know. If you do it, you're probably going to get just spammed constantly from all the stuff that we do, but it's good stuff. We swear. It's all just absolutely fantastic. And the saddest thing about what I just did is I know that there's somebody out there that has a foot fetish that I just made your day. And to that person, I want to say... You're welcome. Um, in this particular edition, we have all kinds of fantastic news of uh, breach and plex, uh, another, not zero day, but another vulnerability in attacker group taking advantage of ADFS because that never goes wrong. We have stories from NATO, DoorDash, which apparently was breached in 2019. Who know? And then this company named Okta and Twilo. I don't know if they're used. I don't know if they've caught on, but we're going to see because we have a fantastic cast today. I am joined by apparently like three or four people. I think I had my foot up and everyone just left right away. (laughs) We have Mike on as always. Mike, thank you so much for joining. And he is rocking a stylish and fantastic blue team shirt. Everybody look at it. Have you been working out, Mike? Or is it just the shirt? Oh, shh. 
Don't tell anyone. We're also joined by Wade Through Logs, who's rocking the fantastic mustache. Wade, thank you so much. And we got the Wild West Hacking Fest shirt. Speaking of excellent facial hair, we have Ralph is joining us as well. Corey? I'm not I guess. here. Yeah, I guess. And Ben. Hey, Ben. Thank you so much for joining. We really, really appreciate it as well. So what do we want to do for the first story? Uh, Ralph, Corey, anyone want to take a... Uh, Take a shot at what this is just a nightmare of a show. There are so yeah, many there was, stories. There a lot this of is just the data breach edition. It was That's yeah, what yeah, the data breach data, edition. It's like it's like ransomware was like dominating, and all of a sudden yeah. data breaches are like, hold my beer and watch this. We don't and, have to talk about compliance today. We can talk about Plex. Like oh <laughs> God, no. Okay, Plex. Plex okay. again. Again. This again. time is yeah. different. Yeah. I mean, it's not that different. I guess. We are taking steps to make sure this doesn't happen again. Oh, sorry. That's the one from three years ago. Oh, oh gosh. Hardcore. Yeah, so Plex got breached, exposing usernames, emails, and encrypted passwords, by the way. Hopefully, B-Grip. Well, I hope when me. they say encrypted, they mean inc- not encrypted. It's MD5. <laughs> we all we know, all know it's MD5. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, start your way, cracking rigs. Yes, MD5 is a hash, not encryption. Thank you, Corey, for bringing that I like to how mind. Corey clarifies that for us. Yeah. So this is what, 20 million accounts in Plex? It, it's the just, way that it leads yeah, into yeah, it is so concerning. We discovered suspicious activity. It's not even that we noticed. It's just like we happened to like, oh, look at all these SQL queries. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like basically what what I see that as is an admin went an MSSQL manager and saw a bunch of weird queries he didn't run and then was like, huh. So it's like, hey, Bill. Are you running union selects on the login page <laughs> with our backend database? No. Because they're in the same room and they can yell at each other. This is perfect. I love this kind of cohesion. Uh, oh, my God. There is I, no I, indication of any I, personal account information other than emails and password addresses. Other than, <laughs> other no than PII, except for everything, except for your social. But only All they can do is execute code on your Plex server. It's not that big of a deal. You have that yeah, one gap. And they say it's only a limited set of data. 20 million people. That's good. That means they set. forgot that they probably limited the query to a, a million instead of like unlimited. I'm so, wondering why I have so many extra users on my Plex server now. So I've had a number of people <laughs> that have said that the way a Plex has handled this has not been very good. And then some people, Plex has been communicating directly with their customers and saying that they are actually handling this fairly well. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I don't think it's possible really for a company to get full kudos. Like everyone kind of gathers around and like, wow, that was a great data breach, you guys. Fantastic. <laughs> Good job. Great job. How, how much legitimate data is on Plex? If you're not, not much, not well, much. That, right. So, that's, 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 on. that's my first thought. Like there's two things. There's two things. One, it can potentially be a code execution vector. If you can log into someone's Plex server, there's not like a current CVE for it where you can just be like, Oh, run command on my Linux server or whatever. But it, there's always a possibility when you're administrating an application that there's RC and that could be what they're going after. But second of all, a lot of people have personal media, family photos, family you know, mm-hmm. videos or other personal things that they don't want to share publicly that now potentially could have been accessed if someone... <laughs> ac- you know, I, I agree with you, but I don't think a majority of people are using Plex in that way. <laughs> well, there's 20 million people. So. I, I'm going to tell you right now, at least like five of those are me forgetting which user account. I'm like, I'll just make another one. <laughs> just, yeah. so, like, Why does this guy have 10? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
So yeah, I, there's really not too much sensitive data. You're right. No. You are. It's not. It's not business email compromise. No, it's no, it's not the sexy. No. You know stuff. Yeah, like but that. wait, 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 wait. It no, could be. I, it could I, be used to link other accounts, right? Like the password, whole like Cisco password, stuff, password sharing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and then, and then you can. Then if that if your email is in that breach, yeah, I can then use grandma, that and send you a Plex email, right? Or a yeah. Cisco employee, you send them, hey, your your so, Plex account is down, and they click the link. There's always an avenue. We did talk about this, but does anybody have like the data? Is it publicly exposed? Like I can't hatchers? find it, and no, I always go hunting yet. for this. Or at least it's not out easily. It, yeah. It's probably for sale somewhere for like five yeah. bitcoins. Five bitcoin. <laughs> that's the starting rate for. Oh, your oh wait, 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 hold on. Six. I mean, the last one we talked about was the Neopets breach, which, according to the data I have, was bought by Mandiant. So we can get you. (laughs) (laughs) They literally like the Mandiant breached account was like, hey, I'll buy this. I can just see Kevin Mandia being like, finally, I'll be able to get back to my Neopets. (laughs) Finally, I password. The source code. I can finally edit my Neopets. Out on his yacht with a Starlink back. I got my Neopet back. Speaking of breaches, and again, LastPass, anyone? Oh, my God. Oh, so, oh, oh. Well, this yeah, one so is a little different. Code, this is a, this right? is a little different. Yeah, this oh, is it different? Code. Okay, it is different. Yeah, it's, it's a little a different. It's not, oh, we, it's not, oh, we just noticed SQL queries being executed on our production database. That is true. <laughs> I mean, they so, both have had security incidents in the past. But. They have absolutely, but this one is specific. I think for source code, it wasn't actually accessed yeah. anything in the backend database. Um, this one, I would say, I think that LastPass handled this one pretty good. They don't give you a lot of info in this, so they don't. But they got right out in front of it, and they basically yeah. told the extent of what they believe the password was, and then the frequently asked questions are pretty solid on this one as far as how the breach goes. Like, have have any of our passwords been compromised? But still. I think that this taps into the fear that I have with password managers. And, and I've, I've felt this way for a long, long, long time is if somebody is able to crack LastPass like a nut, they've got everything, right? So, and, and I don't know, like I said, it makes me like very uncomfortable, but I still think it's infinitely better than like writing passwords down or using the same password everywhere. Wade? But, so I don't have, I've never used LastPass. Does LastPass have a token? Like you can put tokens in it. Like oh yeah, you can put two factor authentication yeah. in there. So I just found out that existed. Like I have always put tokens on my phone and a token app, and never had them in one location. Tokens and passwords. And yeah. I, I will admit, I had just drank in a Starbucks, and I got like pretty crazy about it. I was like, "Why is this a thing? Why are <laughs> all my stuff in this one spot? Where if it gets breached, there you go, all my passwords and my tokens." We're- and so then doesn't Wade, that a limit MFA? Like, but Wade, it's easy. You go yeah. to the website, it automatically <laughs> fills it in, and it's done. I don't, I don't have to deal with that. Hold well, on. So you're cases, talking, though, you're, you're talking about a lot of things. Like, yeah, the whole concept of something like this being cracked all the way open is pretty difficult without individual <laughs> access to each. So it depends on how you have it set up. If it's LastPass for business, then they do actually possess your keys. Or if you enable, they have like. When you set up your LastPass account, they let you choose. Do you want to give us your keys or do you want to be responsible for your own keys? And if you're responsible for your own keys, that means they can't be breached unless they also compromise your endpoint, which is theoretically possible, but they don't actually Less store likely. your credentials. They yeah, store encrypted... They just have the encrypted data. Exactly. Like just, it's like, think, wait, but do you kind of look at this kind of based on that? It got me thinking, is this like 
as individuals, we can't be trusted to have nice things. So we have to do this. <laughs> Correct. Until totally. we have enough responsibility. Yeah. Yes. It, and it's, it's, yes. it's, yeah, I think it's a good security. And I, we tell clients all the time to get LastPass yeah. because the other alternative is the spreadsheet.passwords.txt or, yeah. you know, under your keyboard or not having secure passwords, having the same account for Plex as you do for your bank. Yeah. So I'm MC, okay with MC putting brought up a good point. I want to call this out. LastPass never has your master key. That isn't always um, true. And but is it yeah, with the um, with the with the enterprise version because the uh, administrator of that enterprise account can log into those vaults. They right? do. They yes. have to share the key. They have right? the key. Also, they when have, you they, yeah. when you set up your account, you can opt in to giving them your master key so that you can reset your account via email instead of just losing your entire then, so vault. In, in, another thing you can set up it's these with, thing. with single sign on, right? So yeah. once you log in. And that's your same password for now your password authenticator. So yeah. if you're able to get my password right off the bat, and it doesn't matter, well, you have all so my most passwords, solutions. Right? Most solutions nowadays do support a two factor uh, and conditional access, right? Yeah. Or a combination yeah. of all three of those things, right? So you have to have a two factor device just to get into your to your password manager. And in like some cases, you have to have a two-factor device and something you know, like a recovery key, just that for that initial login. Or who the hell even keeps the recovery thing? keys? Like it's like print this out and put it someplace. Yeah, safe. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah really good canary. It's tokens. like half a factor, whatever. And then the the last thing that they have is um, what do you call it? Where uh, they will say, "Are you are you logging in from Russia? This is a weird place for you to be just starting your account, you know." And like, hey, did you just know you logged in from wherever? Just letting you know that this you've never mm -hmm. logged in from this place. And so, like, they have these like levels of this, right? But you know, if the only way that like the one uh, last pass like a full attack, they would have to compromise the company and then push out all new code that then steals all your keys. Does that make sense? Well, so, like, even yeah, then, you'd have to compromise the endpoint as well. Yeah. But I still yeah. come back to I still come back to look at what happened with Twitter. And basically where Mudge came out and he's basically like something like X thousands of people have access to everyone's private DMs in Twitter, right? Yeah, because it's and not I, a it, Yeah, it, Exactly. And, you know, we have a lot of these things where you talk to these companies where they're like, look, we're doing all of the security, trust us. And I don't know, does LastPass have a letter of attestation that's public from a good security testing company? Um, or is it, you know, what, how do we know? How do we know that this is actually being evaluated? And this is one of those things I wish that these companies would have some type of evaluation that was publicly like released so we knew that they were tested by a good one. Uh, Gwen says, yes, if we can get a link to that, that would be amazing um, to look at that. So they have they what they they have a couple of things. First of all, they have a thing called what happens if LastPass gets hacked, uh, which explains where they have your keys, where they don't have your keys, all that stuff. I will say, like John, we do, we do, we talk about this all the time on the crypto uh, CoinSec podcast, where it's very, it's it's a standard requirement for pretty much any smart contract, which is like a crypto company kind it's of to public. have an it's audit, public. to have yeah. a public audit that yep. is, and that it doesn't stop anything from being hacked because a lot of the time it's oh this was two years ago or this is that last year, and then the code changes every five seconds, so it's completely, it's just a little checkbox. It says verified, verified. <laughs> also, the uh, the answer to the question, who keeps their recovery keys? The answer is anyone that's lost all their passwords. <laughs> because that straight up sucks. <laughs> Zero trust no. means full ownership to that. That's, that's <laughs> now, White Cyberduck, White Cyberduck is pointing out that 1Password is actually publishing their security assessments. Mm. 
and uh, they actually shared, he shared a link or they shared a link with it and who had done them. So you're looking at the firms. There's okay. So there's SOC two type two certified. Don't care. Um, they're constantly <laughs> being tested test. Let's by. Look, oh, look at their crowd. developer tools report. Let's read that and see. Hope there's a critical finding yep. saying data breach. <laughs> yep. And and get this, they have the name of the company, and they have the actual report from the company as well. So mm. that's really solid. And it looks like they're rotating through a number of different firms as well. So that's cool. I dig that. That's. We That's like neat. one pass. I, personally, I like one password more than last pass, but hey. Yeah. yeah. Either way, they're both zero trust platforms, though. They should be where you have control over the key. You can ruin your own day, right? But, yeah. you know, the attacker model here is that if LastPass gets fully compromised, right, hopefully they'll know something happened. And then number two, they have all your encrypted data, right? Which is the yep. whole point of encryption. That is the model. That is a security model. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, so I guess it, what I'm going to say is these firms need, I, I like what 1Password is doing and they need, more firms need to be following that model because I just looked at the firms that are doing the testing and they're all solid firms. Yeah. The, I think the conversation really, is it worth, is it worth the trade-off? I think the answer is, my opinion is yes. Yeah. It I is agree. better to have LastPass potentially get portions of their stuff get breached and have all your eggs in one somewhat secure basket versus having you know no your eggs are just like laying out on the internet for everyone to find um yeah just my opinion or on your domain i do think enabling sso to LastPass is a terrible idea though for the record okay yeah. uh that, so, that should never be configured it should be master yeah. password only anything else even if it's is, a crappy master password i mean they still had to get the data so well it shouldn't be a crappy master password it, it should, shouldn't the, yeah. the, i'm just saying that's better than the other model which is everyone used the same damn password anyways it's, it's literally in the name it should be the last password you have to remember yes. but like it should be a good password <laughs> make it make it count this is it i love how shovely joe pointed out said sock two because they mentioned that they're sock two type two so SOC 2, the accounting industry's preferred method of monetizing perceptions of security, mm-hmm. um, which <laughs> seriously, power. that is exactly what it was. Like SOC 2 type 2, and I've told, I've mentioned this on the show before, I'm going to mention it again. SOC 2 type 2 is the like accounting industry looking around going, there's a lot of money in security. We need to get in on that. And they created their own standard. So I'm going to create a security standard on April 1st, and we're going to put it out there and it's going to be dedicated for nothing but accounting firms. And uh, we're going to put it out there and just have like ridiculous standards. Like every password has to be 72 characters long and (laughs) all of these things as well. So So one last breach we have, and that is uh, DoorDash, because now everyone's going to know how much you probably order out. Oh, I I never use DoorDash just because they never have any good food where I'm at. Oh, is it wow. just me? Is it just DoorDash? No, subpar? it's not just like, you. I think it, no, it had its, its heyday, and I think it's gone yeah. really south, in my opinion. This is my personal subjective. The food, it's one of those things where the gig economy works really well until everyone does the math a year later and is like, wow, we're hemorrhaging money on this. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> How are we going to make this work from here on out? So uh, so what was breached? Was my taco order breached? Because now, uh, Maybe. So... Including no, name, email addresses, <laughs> oh, delivery address, phone number, <laughs> uh, next of kin. No, I'm just joking. Um, it's, it's a couple <laughs> things. Uh, four digit codes, credit card, or, or the last four of the credit card number, social security or insurance. Social security, security. does yeah, not include yeah. those numbers. Doesn't include yeah. those things. Family members. I mean, if you set your social security number to DoorDash, you got a problem. <laughs> that was my question. That wasn't that's a that's a those aren't pillows moment. That wasn't yeah. DoorDash at that yeah. point. 
But listen, guys, they're they're responding and they are further enhancing their security. They're working with security experts. They've notified everyone and law enforcement is coming. The top. Is there a tracker? Like, is there like a tracker? Like, you know, when you order food, there's like a tracker. Is there like a breach (laughs) data tracker where you can follow your data? It's a tracker. It's like how far they weren't secure before. They're about 75% of the way there now. No, yeah. it's, no, John, it's the tracker of where your internet data is going. It's like, oh, where oh, it oh, is. oh look, oh. it's in China. It's in China. Oh, oh it's, it's in Russia too. Oh, look, it's in Algeria. We got a problem. <laughs> we, oh, we got an issue. That- it doesn't say how much data was actually stolen though or taken. They, they kept it pretty vague. They're just like, call us if you need some more help. Yeah. Call us if you, you think you're cool enough to know what we should have you, put you, out there. Do you want to reorder that same order you had last year? Come on, one more time. And you know that they're just going to give it to you over the phone. It'd be like the hint hotline for video <laughs> games back in the 90s. <laughs> like, Thank you for calling DoorDash. So the, the details of our breach is we were hacked through a spear phishing campaign and they got access to all of these things. Specifically, your data is now in China. Thank you for calling for an extra <laughs> your nine, is now per in minute. China. Press one. <laughs> Fishing campaign, free tacos. <laughs> what gets me on this one, though, is that it's another case, and we've seen these before, going all the way back to Target and before, where it's a third-party vendor that got breached that allowed oh, them to get okay. in there. Yeah, yeah that's why you should always just have a VPN from your vendor straight yeah. to your database server. As a, as a company, I will only deal with third parties entirely, so when they get breached, I didn't get breached. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so you joke about that, but yeah. okay, so whenever we were setting everything up for BHIS, there were some people that were a little bit frustrated that we set up all of our email originally in Google and a Google Apps domain. And I always use the story, if there's some type of huge vulnerability and it hits, hits Google, we're a victim. Whereas if I'm running all of our security servers and we get hit, I am completely responsible for that. So, there, you know, you joke about that, Ralph, but- yep. Like, seriously, there's a lot of people that make that calculation and go with it. It says it yeah. was a sophisticated phishing campaign. So what do you think? Oh, sure no was. typos? No typos. It was, no typos. it was a sophisticated phishing campaign that was launched by an APT group. <laughs> Only the ISO best. file with a link. An ISO file with a link. Yep. <laughs> Whoa, that's too sophisticated. Do you that's think it. it's the no. ransomware district of Eastern Europe? Delivery address and phone numbers. I feel like the biggest thing is this is going to lead to a lot of doxing if it ever gets published. People yeah, that, you know, you like the address, like celebrities. I mean, like John, people are going to know where John lives. People are going to know where Elon Musk lives, all that crap. I mean, assuming that was all everybody. Or he just door dashed to some random hotel and they're like, we found out where John ah, Strain lives. It's 100 yeah. Marriott Way, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too far off. Oh. They're going to send in and swap me. Room 236. Some room 236. Like, He's on? there now. John Strand, get down. Get down now. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I'm male model John Strand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this yeah. is, what is it? Uh, speaking of ransomware, we did have one ransomware story. Was there a ransomware story? Yeah. So the Greek gas operators refused to negotiate with ransomware groups after the attack. And oh, because I like how Kita. this is newsworthy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to negotiate, though. Um, they're they're going to fight it out, and um, hopefully, they will get some gas turned back on. Uh, I guess the uh, national Ragnar Locker Mission System Ragnarok. operator Rag Ragnar Lock Rag Ragnar Lock. I, I don't know. Really think of that one. It's like Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnar Locker. There was possibly some leakage of a number of directories and files. Very ambiguous. But they're not going to negotiate. We don't negotiate with ransomware operators. I still think it's funny. Like, this is kind of like what Costa Rica has been doing. And there's systems that are still down in Costa Rica. Oh, and man. Like, man. Costa Rica's like, we ain't paying. And Russia's like, if you don't pay, you're never getting it back. And they're like, 
cool pure Vita <laughs> and they're out Buda Vita, yeah. <laughs> and that's that it's like hey these systems are down they're like uh we don't use them much anyway oh uh, at least now uh that breach is going on a dump website so Corey, which one get ready it's the a great one. site, dude. I don't. I don't bother with those. They're always. You don't scams. bother. All right. <laughs> I'll wait for it to hit the clear net. I'll fall forward to you later. You may be wading through logs, but me and Corey have. <laughs> me and Corey have to wade through. We're scams. wading through dumpsters, is what we are. <laughs> <laughs> two raccoons or crack addicted black bears. Yeah, I'm like, all right. One day of R and D, I come out looking like, yeah, I got a, like, I got rabies. I'm like, is this normal? My hands like swollen up. Okay? Of he has like no facial He's hair. Not okay. I don't He's know. Not okay. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. The raccoons don't like it when I have facial hair. You have to deal with some real uh, classy people. I guess the the moral of the story is uh, use as much gas as you want. Maybe, you know, boil some boil some water. Isn't Europe Europe having a problem with natural gas anyway? You probably won't, you probably won't have to pay Actually, because they... <laughs> Actually, I think Germany's down to ten percent Russian gas, and their and their stockpiles mm. are pretty good now. Um, so they're yeah, getting solar back. is booming. That's all I got to say. It is. It is solar. there. It did is we, really hot. Did we, so load, it out. did we load the story about Twitter and much? Uh, what? What? No. Twitter? No. We did not. Go ahead, I give it to it. it what, what you got? I don't we should talk Twitter. about Just that. Kidding. So this is a whistleblower story. Um, oh. Um, but basically, what it boils down to is. Uh, the, I can't remember what his role was. Oh, in, are uh, you talking about the security? Yes. Uh, the yeah. security, he was like in charge of security at Twitter and pretty much he was. So he was like Mudge is one of the original loft, uh, like loft group uh, hackers out of Boston. And he actually testified in front of Congress a number of years ago and Twitter hired him to get on board to help them with their security. And apparently mm-hmm. it's bad. Um, and it's so bad that he quit and he went public as a whistleblower and basically said, it is an absolute train wreck of security over here at Twitter. No one's doing anything about it. Everyone has access to everyone else's DMs. Apparently it is really a train wreck there. And normally if someone would have came out and said, you know, there's, there's problem with security in this particular situation, I don't think I would pay it all that much mind. Um, but the fact that it is Mudge. And kind of his history and what he has done in the industry and for the industry over the years, like seriously, he is not, he is not a chump at all. And I keep wondering, you know, there was somebody that posted on Twitter that it's interesting how these big firms go out and hire these titans of the industry from like, you know, the early noughties and early 90s or late 90s. And uh, they hire these people in and then they're completely surprised whenever these people do something like this. And a lot of these people got to where they are by not putting up with like corporate shenanigans. So, no, it, it looks like the security, we all kind of guess that security is bad in organizations, but it looks like from Mudge's perspective that it's, it's bad enough that he had to go public and basically release information about bots who had access to what data and the fact that there were multiple systemic vulnerabilities in the platform. That yeah. could be compromised by bots, could be compromised by nation states. Nation, in a yeah, of so I think it was the nation state stuff. They're probably there. Well, well, there was uh, the Elon you know, Musk stuff. Yeah, that's well, the other thing, too. Apropos that, to the time, right? Elon yep. is like, I'm going to buy Twitter. And they're like, it's not it's secure. It's right yeah, on that, yeah. right? He's trying yeah. to back out because of the bot stuff. That's I felt like that was a little weird, right? I, and yeah. well, just and for a the lot timing of, wise. Like I said, if it was anybody other than, not yeah. anybody, but if it was anybody other you. than like somebody at Mudge's level, 
you would be like, this is just internal politics. There's probably money involved. This is dealing yeah. with a lawsuit, but no, Mudge, I mean, Mudge cares about money, but I, I think that he really cares about doing the right thing. And he has for a long time in his career, but it is interesting because yeah, this totally feeds into the politics of the situation. Yeah. But it's going to be well, really interesting to see how far this goes. Elon's yeah. team is it reported today in the verge, uh, went ahead and subpoenaed Mudge. So it's all yeah. going to come together at this. He point. has a billion reasons why he should. Yeah, well, that's break true. Up. That's, that's true. Elon's 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 won at this point. Like yeah. if this ends up going to court and uh, because the, I think the big reason why he said he backed out was because there was too many bots on the platform and the security was bad. This feeds right into what he was yeah. saying for trying to get out. Now, I'm not saying that Elon Musk is a good person. I still think he's a total shit heel. Um, but it, I, it, 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 congratulations, Elon, you won this round. It's amazing what almost an unlimited amount of money will do for an individual. So, yeah. so, so if we want, instead of getting companies to be good and audit, um, their own security and publish the results, we should just offer to buy them and then let the court find the results. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> Come on, no, if only we all had the money to make that kind of proposition. We can do it with, Crowd, uh, we crowdfund it. Crowdfund. Not, it, yeah. well, no, 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 no. You want to do, you want, you want to do crypto. You want to do Dow. Dow, we get a yeah. DAO together and we we call it like takeover. Anonymous. We call it we call it takeover DAO. We just amass funds and then buy companies and force them to release their security incidents and then and then sell the company. What sell the company for a loss? Like I don't understand. No, how well, yeah. <laughs> There's firms out there that are probably looking at this and like excellent thing, excellent <laughs> idea. This is like much simpler. Money. Call so it sue uh, diligence. Yeah. So actually, Ian just pointed out, isn't that called a hedge fund? Isn't that literally what it does? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's oh. a nice way to say it. Don't mm. don't say it like that. Though. Well, hedge yeah, funds so, don't do anything good for the public, so I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So um, where did it go? Somebody, oh crap, it just popped and it went by. We got a lot of people coming through. Um, but one of the comments was, my favorite part of the story, this is from Katie Villa. Um, one of my favorite parts of the story is Twitter trying, Twitter's trying to say that Mudge is a disgruntled employee. And then InfoSec Twitter on Twitter is complaining yeah. about Twitter and saying, no, we believe Mudge. Yeah. Like, it's so awesome how we're all using the platform to rag on the platform. It's like we got the chainsaw, we got the ladder, we got the tree limb. We're just out there. Just <laughs> um, oh, God. It's fine. It's fine. This will be good. Yeah, it's I mean, I think it's it shows that the importance of the response, not just for the public, but also for the people who are involved with the breach, because you risk that now you risk someone who doesn't like how you're responding to a breach who's internal and has a lot more details going mm -hmm. public. And you, every, every CSO or CEO or whoever should consider that when you're talking as about a possibility. A yeah, right. Yeah, I think that. Well, and if you remember, I can't remember, was it Equifax? Oh, I think great. it was the Equifax hack. Maybe it was a different one. But what what happened is the breach happened. And then one of their former CISOs came out after the fact and said that they had seen this. They had seen a pattern of these types of vulnerabilities be ignored by the organization before they actually left and they got out because of it. So I think that this when you're looking at your risk model, if you're a bunch of executives and you're sitting around, and you're like, shh, if we keep this quiet, no one will talk about it. And you think that your team is just not going to talk about it ever. That's not that's not going to fly in the future. It's entirely possible that somebody will will basically blow a whistle on this as well. And I, and I hope that he doesn't get screwed over. It seems like he has at least industry reputation to not. But well, Mudge will be fine. Is, yeah. Yeah. And I also I'm also willing to bet that this isn't something that he did easily. This isn't something that he did just on a whim. He thought right. long and hard about it. It wasn't just a tweet. 
A drunken no. tweet. You guys, guys, you're never going to believe me. One out of 843. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I right, think so he started we... the process back when he got fired. Mm-hmm. So the timing is sus because of the Elon Musk stuff, but I think it's like. It's been in the works since like February, January, February. Yeah. yeah he had tweeted something about um, large amounts of data that he was trying to transfer back in like May, I do believe. He oh, mentioned man. something about it on he Twitter. Tweets, Anyone know how to exfiltrate terabytes of databases <laughs> from Twitter on Twitter? He's got all of his questions on uh, Stack Overflow. <laughs> trying to yeah. export terabytes of data from Twitter. Please tell me mm. how. Mm. Hey, what about, um, what about ADFS? The other thing I was going to say, and I don't know if this is a conversation we want to get into, but the whole like utility, like is, is Twitter a public utility? Did they like, oh dear God, because oh, it's God. one of those things where it's like, <laughs> this is, this it's, Pandora, it's, it's become like, it it's the standard though. It's the place. It's the place. Like it, it literally says like, oh, this is where politicians argue at each other now. Like I, but this, it, it, and you know what, you know what sucks about that question is I think it's an absolutely wonderful, valid question that we need to have. It's just not possible to freaking talk about it right now, right? Um, we can't sit back and have a conversation about this being a utility, being this uh, uh, you know commons or the public place without it absolutely blowing up. Into, let's work like, on getting the internet as a utility because yes. I think we could. Yeah, let's know, start there. That. Yeah, start there. Right? Let's start there. Let's start <laughs> at that, and then we can Google and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And so I agree with Corey though. If we step step back before we get to like that whole politic piece, right? But before we get there, right, we can just say though that these platforms, right, whatever they are, it, you know, like as soon as like one becomes the dominant one, you can't just like start another. And Corey talked about this. Uh, you know, we talked about this earlier today. The, people try and they just never succeed because the ones already made the dominance and everyone's already there, right? I and like, I, I think okay. that that's not true. And the reason why I think that that's not true is. There's like a curve for a lot of (laughs) MySpace. MySpace, thank you very much. MySpace. And then you have Facebook. And Facebook is now dying and it's being replaced by like TikTok and Snapchat. Can we we have another platform, by the way, a platform that's not a company? Can it just be like a protocol? An IRC, a protocol? IRC, yes. You can, but no one will use it. (laughs) (laughs) Someone did use it. I thought that was more what uh, Mastodon is trying to do. Yeah, well, yeah. There's so many. Such a good band. Such a good band. Thank you for bringing (laughs) (laughs) it. So, Um, but no, I I think that that's one of the hard things about trying to regulate a specific company in this way is about the time that the gears of justice move to regulate it, it's now dead. Like, it's just. It's so well, slow. Can we at least like do a public takeover, like have USPS take over Twitter and just have it be like, you want to send a tweet? 42 cents. Get a forever stamp. <laughs> a forever tweet? Oh my God. It's 42 cents because we've got to fire up the buggy. Yep. I, I will say this though. Any platform that does end up being like a protocol of a platform, there will be some cost that we'll have to pay. Whereas a lot of these other platforms, the reason they've exploded is because they subsidize that cost through other means that don't require me to pay anything, right? They figured out how to make it free. So I think that that's a good point. I think what we need to do is we need to develop a protocol where you have a whole bunch of computers around the world that are trying to calculate and defining like integrity (laughs) checks for each of the messages. (laughs) And before it gets actually put on some type of... uh, a ledger of jumps uh, a, a rope, rope. Yeah, a rope. he's a buzzword bingo it'd be yeah. like a rope it'd be like yeah. a fence, and, a fence. Yeah, like a rope. And, um, yeah yeah so they can be calculating and we can set up like how fast we want the messages to go the number of zeros at the beginning of the message and the hash that we want it to be associated with 
Nobody could sell access. This sounds like it could turn into something big. We'll see. It could be. I'm making a DAO to buy Twitter. Who's in? What? That guy there goes, mute him. Mute him now. <laughs> Just take him down. Shut it oh. off now. So and I you am. Want to- so do you want to talk, John? Do you want to talk about a uh, Microsoft ADFS, the new attack surface that'll? that'll yeah. So this one I thought was really funny. If we could pop it up, Microsoft's you know, like, I thought better. you, I thought we said not to use this anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually literally what Microsoft said: is like you shouldn't have this exposed to the internet. Did you turn it off? <laughs> Did you turn it off? Please Did you turn it off. You mean turn it off and on again? Yeah, no. yeah. It's the three switch rule. You got it three times. So Uh-oh. basically the way that this attack works is the attackers were seen. Now, this is one of the things that blows my mind about this. The attackers got privileged domain administrator accounts, and then they were able to add in a rogue dynamic link library that was unsigned that they could take over the ADFS server, and then they could do their magic web so they could basically do whatever authentication they want. And I, granted, I think that this is interesting. It's a great persistence mechanism. It's something that should be researched. We should have like signatures written for it in SIM. But I, I got to say, tongue in cheek, it's basically like, just so you know, in the news today, if an attacker gets domain administrator in your environment, bad things can happen. I, is this a surprise? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Wade, you do a lot more with threat intel than, than, than I think anybody else on this. Maybe Mike does quite a bit too. But we're other we're threat people. Seriously, for those those of you on the blue team on this, like I said, it's interesting from a signatures perspective. But seriously, is there a news story here? Like, no. I don't think so. Then for your key takeaway, right? Once they get domain admin, you're done. I think that's everybody yeah. knows that, and everyone feels that. It's like, what can't you do? That's a better question. And so, so just for clarification, you don't actually need domain admin. But you okay. do need a bit of privileges, okay? Like you need some a bit of privileges, high level privileges, not just like <laughs> pretty high user. level privileges. Yes, yeah, high level privileges, but not quite a domain admin, but like a group that probably is really close to domain admin, but like not adjacent domain admin, domain admin adjacent. Adjacent. like brother sister <laughs> kind of you know admin. related, they're related. <laughs> and um, then magic, right? Yes. The the yeah. funny thing to me is this, and I see it on on from the blue side all the time that you get a article like this, and if everybody's looking at the headline and nobody's actually reading what it's doing and what you need for the attack to succeed. I get this all the time where it's like, Mike, have you seen this? Are, are we, are we compromisable this way? I went, well, if they go through spots, A, B, C, D, and E, and they have to get through all that, right. Before any sort of detection, everything through that before they can even implement this. I'm like, Oh, oh. So it's, all, it's almost like, it's almost yeah. like a shock to the system that some of these some of these things are writing them up that hey you need to worry about this and you're going well in reality you've got about four other things that you should be worrying about oh there you go this is that, up happening that's it's the attack the model right it's you're yeah. following the attack the miter attack right i, I want to catch it way before it gets this far ever and you if should it gets this far you're in trouble like yeah. it's, it's a bad day well point. see yeah. the problem is everyone in the company is actually an adfs admin because it's, configuration <laughs> it's more convenient it is it, it's better um, it's better when hey so, listen if they you know, they need to install the TikTok app on their computers. Yes. There was yeah, there was a reason why I forget why we did this, but we did I, there was a reason why we did this. Yeah, I mean, I guess watch your ADFS admins, make sure they don't get fished, and maybe use break glass accounts for that instead of just having people with email accounts. Just an well, idea. that's what Microsoft says at the bottom. I think they said that this should be a tier zero asset. Like standard users should never be able to talk to the server directly. Right. Ooh. 
which get them with the real info. Yeah, and and also I think in this, I think in the actual write up from Microsoft, not in this article, but the write up from Microsoft, it basically, I think at the beginning, it says something to the effect of you should be getting away from ADFS, like mm. you should not be doing Use modern this. auth. It can't be bypassed. There you go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, if someone wants to go and invent a special name for every DLL replacement, DLL hijack, there's going to be a lot of <laughs> names. That's that's going to be like two hundred something names, like the first day. But I Magic like this web is pretty generic. So. It is. We're going to need yeah. something better than that. <laughs> but got, I think that the attackers should really have like like a pony award at the end of the year, like around DEFCON, where they get together and they can all be like dark, shadowy figures on a video stream. Who came up with the most obvious name dynamic link library that was still executed and like worked <laughs> in an environment? Like totally not malware.dll. You know, Virus. it's like, well no. done, well done, next gen hacker 101. Coming Windows back. is searching it. for virus.dll. And if you put it in any directory, it runs. Or <laughs> yeah. Virus.dll. It's a little bit too too on the cheek, but it's a defender. It it's a defender uh, exploit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I I just yeah I don't know. Like like I think wait I think Mike nailed it right. Whenever you're talking about this, how many steps? Like if this happened to you, there are so many other things that went wrong in your environment that you probably weren't very high on the pyramid of secure organizations. Yeah, all. you've already lost. Yeah, the the only advantage is that you can bring out that, hey, listen, we need to start working on these things that you said, oh, yeah, we don't need to work on those. Why would we even bother with that? Well, here's how they get to this spot that you're worried about. At this no, point. that's true. This is a this is a real good reason you should do threat intelligence and know the TTPs and what where to detect uh, right hold on, in the kill chain. Hold on. This Let's is oh wait no 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 My, no no see this this news article is for the ambulance chaser security program. That's yes, like, yes. like are are you an ambulance chaser CSO? If so, here's oh, a news article that will dude. get you to move away uh, from ADFS. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's getting exploited. Put a news article out about it, and we get rid of it. I told exactly. you, exactly. That's works seriously every like time. that's where we're at. It's like if someone's like, "Well, why should we get rid of ADFS?" I'm like, oh, "Fine, here's a hack news again. article." Here, <laughs> I can't. I could just tell you why, but you know what? Here's a Microsoft article where someone got hacked. You're like, wait, someone got hacked? Okay, now I care. Now we care. <laughs> so speaking of, like I said, if you're if you're in the pen testing community and somebody says, "Is this exploit actively being used by threat actors?" The answer is always yes. So. Yes, because I just did it. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of ambulance, stage for you. We're a hillbilly security firm based out of Deadwood, South Dakota, and it worked for us. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the Russians are there too. Not to rip on the testers or anything, but seriously. So, speaking of ambulance chasing, have you guys Ooh. seen the uh, Facebook chat bot? It's gotten uh, some recent news because it doesn't know what it likes and it actually hates Mark Zuckerberg and all the other fun stuff. <laughs> well, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This has been going on. I don't, I don't know why all you guys the chatbots ever created have turned racist. Yeah, so eventually. It's like an AI chatbot. <laughs> so, actually, that's the that's the arc. It doesn't yeah. arc Facebook, justice on the internet. Facebook came out with this AI chatbot, which has said a bunch of really bad stuff. And then Google <laughs> was like, hold my beer. We got one, too. And so Google has opened up its experimental AI chatbot for public testing. Is this the one that say, the guy, the guy with the whistleblower, said it was sentient? Like, quit yeah, the company! Oh my god! Yes, this is the sentient one. Yes. Oh, we lost John. Oh no! I will say so, the one thing, the creepy thing I saw is, you know, if you were an AI that became sentient, the first thing you do is convince everyone you're not sentient. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, um, oh, this, that's great. this chatbot just got re- or just got released. They said it may s- say some things we're not proud of. And yeah, at least they're warning you beforehand. 
Yeah. So, so wait, what does this that. have to do with Facebook? This is a Google test kitchen thing. No, Google has one or Facebook has one too. And Google didn't want to be outdone. Oh. And they're like, hold on. We have a racist chatbot too. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. We oh, are a God. platform of AI people. We've been, we did this before Facebook even thought of it. <sighs> That's what they wanted to say. So, I, uh, so, so what, what is the news here that a sentient AI has convinced everyone it isn't sentient? Yeah. <laughs> and well, the news here I love is that, how there's an ad for Westworld right there. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Well, the news here is that uh chat bots that do AI are like a thing now. I, I don't know. It's what I is this like, for? Is it like, Hey, I lost my Facebook account. Okay. Let me have yeah. security questions. From By the on. way, I hate Zuck. Okay. Here's your account. Like, <laughs> I don't want to- <laughs> You're human. I, I have no idea why there's like a big push for these AI chatbots, but um, you know. are they like learning something in the back end to then to drive the cars or something like that? I feel like it's just a way for AI programmers to screw around. Yeah, either that or it's a way for them to just, I don't know, data it's mine. Like how good is it? How good is your natural language processing? You're, Hold my beer. I'll show I'll you. How good I'll make you a racist chatbot real quick. <laughs> One sec. I think Hold part of beer. it is like. It's like the user base for these organizations like Facebook are so huge that if you really want a dedicated support staff for everyone that uses that product or that service, like how many people do you have to pay? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So you just don't have support. It's that simple. You just, if you can't figure out how to use Facebook, you just don't use it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was that simple. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah, the chatbot is oh, okay. Uh, so what we need to do is create a product for everyone. It's like, are you sick of being the AI chatbot for your entire family? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, get this. And then you put it on your uh you just have a phone number, it just runs on that phone number, and you're like, Oh, are you having computer troubles? Just text me and it just So Google also had another vulnerability that came up, and that's uh in uh Chrome. Did you guys oh, I've never heard this? of it? What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chrome, it's like this browser. It's kind of up and coming, I guess. It has a uh, vulnerability that a bug that was patched actually. Uh, they released it on June fifteenth, and they did like a whole write up, Project Zero. You know, blah blah. They're blah. trying to upstage Project Zero at Microsoft. They're like, well, we're Project yeah. One, okay. <laughs> uh huh. So it's a member corruption vulnerability. Anyways, upgrade your Chrome. Upgrade your Edge upgrade you, your, those tabs can come back your brave okay. brave pretty much everything but firefox you should upgrade because they're all part of chromium it's like we're gonna have one browser it's we want maybe all right we have three browsers technically does it, affect it can't anything? update what do i do does it only affect <laughs> chromium os well yeah it's the well it's the it's not what the is OS. chromium os is chromium like OS? Like no, no that's chrome os i know but it says chromium os Oh, well, I don't. I don't I, does, does anyone know what this vulnerability is? Because I'm trying to read it. Well, no, it's part of Chromium. Chromium is like the open source project, right? Yeah, isn't that that's the browser? I, like, I don't know the Chrome like browser on yeah, 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 on Linux, pretty much. Yeah, there's been a bunch actually. It's recently. String copy, dude. Be- we were just talking about that like two weeks ago. Mm, you know, it is what it is, dude. Oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. Oh. We do. Here's another one, though. This one actually is pretty good. Um, VMware confirms carbon black causes blue screen of death. You can't hack me if I'm dead. Exactly. So VMware confirms that carbon black does cause blue screen of death. And I would say that's a security feature, though. It is. It is. So your EDR should mainly crash as soon as it detects a vulnerability. I oh. Well, I would say if you blue screen, you can't get hacked. 
Yeah. Uh, that's that's true. Yeah. Security so is, through obscurity. You're making it a completely obscure. No one gets it. No one. No, no one gets in. No one gets in. If you if you experience this, please post your GIF detailing your experience in the chat. Yes, it has to be blue screen though. All all blue screens. <laughs> no, it could be what, any. What these sort of things do to me though, it make me worry about is the people in infra that do the patching going. See, we can't have patches go out Dude. automatically, and uh. then they never patch. That's exactly that's, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's where this comes in for for us on the blue side. It goes against patching policies as far as or how any if anything an internal IT ever breaks, the first thing they go, oh, it's it's the antivirus for sure. But Turn wait, off wait, the wait. This is this is not what wasn't a patch, was it? This is just Carbon Black updating. Itself. This was an update. No, it was this an update was, this to a new feature. Black nuking the system. So, but it wasn't what like I, I guess I don't. I wouldn't assume that's it was manually applied, was it? Or was no, it no, it was automatic. an automatic patch. Right. Automatic, yeah. so there's no argument one. against it because it's automatic. It's all good. Well, and this is happening. put it in isolation mode too. To get I think it. you can, you can make it so they're not these products. Yeah. I want to know how the rule got pushed. Like if it was an automatic eight, like artificial intelligence rule, that it just all of a sudden decided that a critical that system would file that would be that. really amazing if that was true. That now remember, Corey, it did happen. Um, I think it happened. I can't remember if it happened with Silence or CrowdStrike. Poisoning the was, well, someone did it. I think it I've was been, silence, actually. Like we're talking way, way, way back. God, it could have been bit nine carbon black crap. Uh, but no, it was basically trained that a legitimate uh executable was actually Chrome. It actually went through and started nuking Chrome on every single system. Um, and that was because somebody that was testing it was actually using Chrome as a wrapper for their malware, and it was learning that this was malware and it just nuked it. I so, love that so much. Whoever did that, you're my hero. Because I've always talked about poisoning the well. You're like, oh, ntdll.dll, that's definitely malware. Yeah, totally malware. (laughs) (laughs) Totally malware. Well, you do it in degrees. So like, if you want to do it, what you do is you actually take your malware, chunk it up. If you want to make it accepted and you spread it across known good executables. And after a while, it learns that all these parts are good. If you want it to do the opposite, you take a good executable, you chunk it up, and then you basically just sprinkle it with really horrific malware and just start kicking it through the system. And all the different components of that good binary are in all these bad binaries. And when it reassembles all in one executable, the malware comes in and kills it. And that's why a lot of antivirus vendors after that started happening, they really work very hard to have an allow list to say, these are system files. Do not nuke these freaking files ever. It still happens. So they basically it. said <laughs> it, it was an impacted by an update of our behavioral preventative capabilities. Yeah, that sounds automatic. Mm-hmm. That sounds bad. Either that or some dev just had the worst Friday push to production code of his life. <laughs> it's still I'm the way that it's, it's put out as an automatic update. As it's put as an automatic update, whether that was for the actual software that's the agent that's running on it or not, you get somebody that's non-technical and they say, hey, you see, automatics, automatically updated stuff. We can't do that. We need to make sure that it's manual. And then mm-hmm. they never go ahead and update stuff. That's fine. It's one of the things that we fight against. That's That's totally fine. Patching, totally optional. Every organization is, you know. Not doing Mike B anything. says that it was Carbon Black that did it in the back, and they did it again with Outlook. Okay, they did it with Outlook? Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like they did it with Chrome and with Outlook. Mm, perfect. I've seen them. I've seen EDRs nuke a Wi-Fi card. Place impacted sensors into bypass mode. I hope you remember to remove that. <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> over the last couple of years had a problem with that with their EDR and Outlook and Office products when mm-hmm. they did an Office update. 
Someone yeah, make I, a uh, someone can can someone make a code execution vector that uses this one liner that they paste in their remediation instructions. Rep <laughs> repcli.exe. <laughs> Dude, as as red teamers, have you ever thought about making malware like ter- using the W2F bins and then using those like hiding stuff in there because you know they're going to do weird stuff and then hiding that. Is that is that a thing? Uh, well, yeah, let's just say we don't leak TTPs on this podcast anymore. <laughs> after Ralph. Uh, but uh, we, d- I guess let's just say that anything that the ADR avoids is a target for us to use. So the answer is yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's becoming a smaller and smaller list as time goes on. Like EDRs are getting, I think, Corey, I think you said it best, getting on, not that hard. Doing anything after that, way hard because computers are designed to run run code. That's what they do. But once you start touching things on this on the system, things get a little bit dicey. Yeah, yeah. it's it's figuring out the signature of. But like, hey, maybe if you you know maybe if you came from VMware Carbon Black, you might be whitelisted or allow listed or just well, bypassed also, entirely. I, I I always wanted to get like an RMM tool and just insert your malware inside the RMM tool, um, or I don't know, just use the RMM tool uh, post exploitation. Yeah, we do that. So it's many- called RDP. <laughs> I love RDP. RDP can't MFA it, can't yeah. really secure it. Like, oh no, I, I love though. I have seen it though, where I was on engagement. They MFA'd it, and they were like, "How did you get by it?" I'm like, "I just used SMB." SMB. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. No, I use Print Spooler. I, I just printed. Uh, yeah. yeah no, it, like, how, how did you? How did you do this? This is this is amazing. It, it's a. It's. I guess it's every EDR vendor has to walk this line though. Of do we we. At the end of the day, the customer needs their computers to work to to pay the vendor, right? Like they, Bill. if they if their computers don't work, they can't make any money, etc. So they have to walk the line between detection and actually letting people do their jobs. This is when it goes one step too far. Well, and this gets into like on the blue team side, like a lot of blue teamers, like Noah on our team, Noah's not on with us today. You know, he he says that there's tons of executables that they create allow lists and they create exceptions because they generate all these different quote unquote false positives in their tools. And like if an attacker knew what blue teams were actually just creating rules just to filter out, then it creates an excellent blind spot opportunity for red teams to work with. So that's another thing to look at. What are the blue teams filtering out? Uh, that is being used all the time. I mean, in one of our customers, they were usually they were they were actually using like run dll thirty two with script object and actually pulling down updates. Like it was the exact same thing that we do in red teaming with you know ActiveX and pulling down .set files and execution. And that's literally what the vendor's product did. And when I saw it, uh, I think I was, I think it was like two three o'clock in the morning, and I got the alert. And, you know, Erica's sleeping next to me and I was like, holy shit. Oh my God. Like this is totally one of our customers is compromised and kind of sounded the alarm. And it came back from the customer. They're like, nope, that's totally the way that that executable does in fact work. We just got this written up from the vendor. Um, so trying to create that rule and modify it. So it worked in that specific context was hard. And I know a lot of security teams, they'd be like, yeah, if anything does run DLL 32, it's totally legit. Just let it run. And that creates, once again, a huge blind spot. I yeah, I know ha- of a very Go popular, ahead. very popular piece of software from a company that does virtualization, uses nsudo and will trigger EDRs whenever does it does it rhyme updates. With 
Yeah, it might rhyme with that. (laughs) But no, and we've seen that one too, like literally. And once again, we have customers that are like, oh, just put in a rule that just blocks, you know, anything that sudos. It's like, what? Yeah, the first first time that I saw that I got alerted on that one, um, it was one of my higher ups and they were freaking out and I looked at it and I went, well, this is this is it. No, this is legitimate as to what's going on. White Cyberduck just brought up Palo Alto running Who Am I all the time. Yes, we have seen this in our customers as well. Like, once again, why in the hell is the system running Who Am I? Um, Avante's endpoint management is unsigned and then runs unsigned PowerShell every five minutes. <laughs> that one's so <laughs> Okay. Okay. For the last story, we should talk about hacker sale of missile firm data. <laughs> oh, sell. my God. It's too good. We talked it's about it in the intro. Ish. I don't know. Tell me. Okay, so which one is this? Which story is this? It's the NATO, it's the NATO one. It's the NATO one. A missile. You, you talked about it in the intro. I'm surprised. <laughs> basically, has oh, there it is. yeah. Okay, picture. got it. NATO yeah. investigates. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, so. basically, uh, there's someone's. <laughs> I like can't even say this with a straight face. Cyber criminals operating on Russian and English forums are selling 80 gigs of stolen data, which is from a vendor that creates missiles. No, MB, MBDA missile systems admitted its data was among the stash, but claimed none of the classified files belonged to them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a third party vendor. It was third party. Uh, yep. It was Twilo. Um, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> it says it was compromised from an external hard drive, adding that it was cooperating with in a authorities in italy so is this a, like is this a kaspersky like employee took their hard drive home and yeah all your files are belong to us so some of this data was labeled nato confidential nato restricted uh, or was it actually just a physical stolen drive like, no i think it sounds to me like it was a physical stolen drive actually imagine is- stealing a drive and you're like oh i'm gonna flip this on ebay you click it in it you plug it in it's like nato <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, let me go buy a lotto ticket. Let me go. Yeah. They're asking for what? 15 bitcoins? 15 bitcoins. So yeah, I guess also like, I feel like this is just, they're just dr- diagrams. It's not like they're selling the actual missiles. So like, I yeah. mean, I, I feel like if the first ingredient, it's like, what is a recipe? The first ingredient's like palladium. You're like, okay, I'm not Tony Stark. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess what is the risk? I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I always have a vision of a bunch of like people getting together. Like, you know, we did when we were teenagers and you got a copy of the anarchist cookbook. Yeah. And you're like, we're all going to meet. We're all going to meet in Steve's garage. We're going to make a bomb. And like you open it up. You're like, what is all of this? This isn't isn't Comet and, you know, like all kinds of things underneath my cabinet. How does this work? It's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like, oh, you need this. You know, it's going to be like. I don't, I don't, what is the real risk is other than embarrassment to NATO, which I feel like yeah. is the real risk. We, we, could, we could argue this is a very specific kind of customer. You know what I mean? That's what I was going to say. Like only yeah. North Korea. Trying I feel like North, North Korea is probably like, Who else sign me up. Sign me up. I, <laughs> I have 15 like that's bitcoins. A, that's a small price tag, right? For something for them, they would yeah. want. So it's easy, easy cash out for ever selling it. That's awesome. Marty, I'm sure in 1985, plutonium is available in every single gas station. It's a little hard to come by in 1955. <laughs> yeah, that aged well. Yeah. That is accurate. Yes. I'm sure I can download missile diagrams on the internet, but I sure as hell can't 3D print them. <laughs> Not yet. But That's, you're welcome to try. Yeah. They're like, I have a 3D printed version of a missile. 
cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with it? That's, that's actually a rocket that you can buy at a hobby store. That's, that's not a missile. <laughs> oh, the 3D printed man. ones only last one launch. I've tried yeah, it. It's not, oh, not worth it. Not with that out. You don't even need to waste your money on the parachute. It's a waste. Just let I like how, got a bad case of the cans. I, I also <laughs> like this, like the the screenshot in the article is like a really bad 3D rendering of like what might be a truck with like some computers. Like what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like okay, so it's, it's a, a truck. truck. It's a tr- 3D truck from the first Command and Control. That's uh, yeah. Command and Conquer. Yeah, that looks this like is- a. Yeah, it looks it like it turns into the base, you know, and then <laughs> oh, yeah, actually okay. the high definition graphics from the new Facebook, uh, like meta, a, uh, what is it? Artificial reality. I guess where <laughs> yeah. I'm going with this is if the I paid metaverse. 15 bitcoins for metaverse. that, I would feel like I wanted to this. I'd feel like I was a little ripped off. I I like, here, we got some that. clip art from Bulgaria. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, should we wrap it up? Let's do it. Wrap. Okay. Wrap it All up. Right, everybody. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for hanging with us while we basically ranted, talked about news. We did a lot today. So thank you so much. And be sure to join us at or our join us our Deadwood 2022 at com. Deadwood. Um, come on out. Come on out. I will buy you a steak dinner, everyone. Or if you don't like steak, that's fine. We'll have vegetarian options. Um, and also check out our YouTube channel. Click like and subscribe so you can get this for free all the time. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.